We have a doozy of a passage to cover this evening. We're going verse by verse through the Gospel of John, or at least trying to go verse by verse. And boy, boy, do we have a passage to cover. Last week we had the story of the woman caught in adultery. Tonight we see a very long, maybe the longest argument found in the Bible. Verse 12 all the way down through 59, uh, and Jesus is going to own the Pharisees in this argument. And so, um, i tell you what, let's read verse 12 and 13. I've got something very special for us planned, something unorthodox planned this evening to help us with this. Let's read 12 and 13. If we could stand together for the reading of Scripture, and then um, we'll get into that. John, I'm sorry, John 8, excuse me, John 8, not 18, thank you. John 8, 12 through 59. Thank you, Brother Russo, for help with that. Verse number 12. John 8, the Bible says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Here's the Pharisees. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Thy record is not true. And boy, uh, the Pharisees are going to walk straight into an ideological haymaker and they're about to get owned by Jesus. And let me be clear. The purpose of Jesus was not to own anyone. The purpose of Jesus was to declare truth so that truth could make people free. In fact, look down at verse number 32 of John chapter 8. Uh, back up with me to verse number 30. And as he spake these words, many believed on him. And he's having this discussion with the Pharisees. And some of the Jewish uh, uh, leaders begin to defect and come over to Jesus' side. Verse 31, Then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my words, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The title of the message this evening is this, Jesus spars with the Pharisees. Let's pray together. Lord, help us tonight with this this, uh, Scripture passage to, Lord, glean all of the things from it that you would have for us. Thank you that you are the light of the world, and the world filled with darkness and chaos and confusion, we know that the light of truth shines bright. And so, Lord, help us to dwell in that light, help us to walk in that light, help us to stay away from hearts of darkness and shadows where sin can thrive and do well. Lord God, guide us tonight, guide me as I preach, guide each one that's here, those that are watching online as well, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, in preparation for the message, I did what I always do. I spend a lot of time absorbing the passage and reading and rereading and rereading and scratching my head as to how I was going to absorb all of this into my heart and mind and then give it to you in a way that was digestible. And so uh, I'm listening, uh, I'm reading, and then I got the audio Bible out. I got the dramatic audio Bible out. How many of you ever listen to the Bible on audio? All right. How many prefer the dramatized version? How many like the Alexander Scorby, British voice? All right. You like both? All right. I like the dr- dramatized version. I think it adds a little bit of flavor to it. And so I'm listening. And listen, all week long I've been listening to this passage, and I thought, I got it. We need to duplicate that dramatic reading in church. And so I've recruited some help. Men, if you'd come forward at this time. And so um, our bearded wonder over here is going to read uh, the words of Christ, and uh, that'd be Brother Daniel. We were texting about this, and I said, he said, I don't know that I fulfill um, 
qualified to fill this role. I said, well, you have the beard. So that qualifies you. Amen? And uh, let's have all three of you stand over here. And so uh, Brother um, Jason is going to be our Pharisee. All right? Okay. I think he fits the role well. Brother Russo is going to be the passage narrator. And you can follow along there in your Bibles. They're going to read from verse 12 all the way to the end of the chapter. And guys, put some emotion into it, would you? All right. Brother Russo, why don't you get us started? Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go. But ye cannot tell whence I came and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness unto me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come. And he said unto them, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said, I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning, I have many things to say and to judge of you. But he that sent me is true. And I speak to the world those things which I have heard of from him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then ye shall know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. And he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye shall make? Jesus shall answered make. them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the, the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do, do, ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they unto him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, 
ye would have loved ye would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of the father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a father, and the father of it. And I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you have convinced me of sin? If I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek my own glory, and I, do, and I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And thou sayest, If any man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall, be like a li- I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. Thank you, guys. What a story, right? Wow. And uh, the back and forth. Now, as I studied this and I thought through this, uh, one of the things that came to mind is times where I've had a conversation with someone and felt like I was just talking right past them, or maybe we were talking right past each other. You ever had a conversation like that with somebody where you're trying to convey to them a thought and it just goes either right over the top of their head, or maybe uh, they're smart enough to get it, and maybe the better analogy would be that they're letting it go in one ear and out the other ear. And that's sort of what's going on here with the disciples as Jesus is explaining things to them. But they're not getting it. Either they don't want to get it or they just can't comprehend what's being said. And uh, he's talking to them about how they're going to uh, be separated from him on the other side. And they think, well, maybe he's talking about suicide. No, that is not at all what Jesus was talking about. So uh, if you received a bulletin on the way in or rather a handout on the way in here, we have three. I've broken this up into three distinct thoughts. And so the first two will build uh, up to the third. So let's jump in this evening and uh, let's look at uh, some of the some of this from a contextual scriptural standpoint. Number one tonight, notice Pharisaical dullness. Pharisaical dullness. These men were so smart. To be a Pharisee, you were uh, you were the elite of the religious class. Uh, you you were you were an intellect. All right. 
Uh, you had much of the Torah memorized, if not all of the Torah memorized. Uh, you were up to date in ritualistic law. And um, I, I have attended, I guess a parallel to this would be a little bit as far as the ceremonialism. I have attended a, a few uh, Catholic services. I've attended a handful of other orthodoxy type church services for uh, funerals or weddings or whatnot. And I, I, I have sat there in the middle of a lengthy funeral and I have thought, how do these guys remember how to do all this stuff? Boy, they really have all these things they hold on to and that they do, and uh, they really have this stuff down. Listen, to be a Pharisee, you were smart, uh, you were capable, you knew the laws, you knew how to follow them, you knew how to make sure other people followed them, but yet while Jesus is talking to them about truth, they're dull. Look at verse 27 with me. John chapter 8, look at verse number 27. The Bible says there, They understood not that he spake up to them of the Father. They understood not. Here Jesus is speaking to them, but they don't understand. Look down at verse 43. Jesus asks them this question. Why do ye not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. So there's a dullness here. Jesus is speaking to them, but they're speaking right past each other. Some years ago, I was... Uh, uh, called upon by someone who is toward the end of their life, and uh, they asked me to come and meet with them. And so um, uh, what I had heard about this person is that they were living a very sinful lifestyle, devoid of God, and I thought, well, this is great. My assumption going into this meeting was that uh, maybe they were ready to get their get things right with God and get their life in order before they went on the glory. And, and so I went in and I met with the person, and they began to share with me uh, just some generic life experiences. We had some small talk that really didn't amount to much. And, and then I found my opportunity and I segued into the gospel. And I gave this person, I mean, I waxed eloquent. I gave this person the gospel message and the person sat there and looked at me and, and kind of shook their head occasionally. And I went all the way through telling them about how they're a sinner and how Jesus died for their sin. I got all the way to the end of my presentation and the guy looks at me and goes, well, anyway, can I tell you about my car? And I thought, you didn't hear anything I just said. You weren't listening. In, an, in one ear, out the other, or over the top of the head altogether. And here Jesus is trying to communicate with these guys, and they're not hearing Him. So, well, let's look at their dullness here. They asked in verse 19, where is thy father? Look at verse number 19. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus had claimed to be God uh, prior to this point. He just got through claiming to be the light of the world. And so they know who he thinks he is. And so either they're asking him a question to get him to speak so they can convict him, or they really just don't know. Look down at verse 21. We see the next question they ask. Uh, will he kill himself? Look at verse 21. Uh, then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come. Uh, we see their dullness here. He's telling them, You're going to die in your sins. You're going to be separated from me. And they take it as though he's talking about suicide. Look down at verse 25. Pharisaical dullness. Then said they unto him, here's the next question, Who art thou? 
Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. He said, let me back up and tell you what I have been telling you. Let me tell you who I am. And then we see yet one more question showing their uh, dullness. Look down at verse number 53. 53. Uh, we see they ask the question, who makest thou thyself? Who makest thou thyself? Uh, art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? Who are you trying to turn yourself into? Uh, who are you trying to make yourself out to be, is what they're asking him. We see pharisaical dullness. Notice number two, we see that they're not just going to stop with asking him open-ended questions. They're going to turn and they're going to insult him. Notice number two, Christ defamed. We saw pharisaical dullness. Notice Christ defamed. Um, we see the Pharisees said right off the bat in verse 12, they come right out and tell him, verse 12 and 13, rather verse 13, they say, thy record is not true. Look at verse 12 with me. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Now let me just explain to you how brash and how senseless this is, alright? Uh, we know from our, our message last week that Jesus was up in the Mount of Olives very early in the morning, possibly all night prior, uh, likely praying. He comes down out of the Mount. He's there in the um, uh, temple. He's probably seated. He's teaching. He's got a crowd around him there just outside of the treasury in the outer courtyard. And then they come and they interrupt him by throwing down this woman they had just caught in the act of adultery. They throw her down in front of him, interrupting his Bible study, and he handles that accordingly, as we talked about last week, writing in the sand and asking them without sin to cast the first stone at her. They up and leave, and now Jesus is back to uh, back to trying to get back into teaching and so he uh, clearly, later on in the passage, picks himself up and walks into the treasury. We see now he's gone into the temple. A crowd is gathered back around him. He goes right back into teaching. And what does he say? He says, I am the light of the world. We'll break that apart in just a moment. Now, the same Pharisees that just interrupted him with this woman caught in adultery, they're going to go ahead and say to him in a defaming way, Thy record is not true. You are not who you say you are. So we see not only are they dull, but they're defaming the Lord. What else did they say? Well, verses 48 and 52, uh, they make this statement, Thou hast a devil. Look down at verse 48. Verse 48. Um, they say, uh, Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan? First of all, that's a racial slur. That's a racial slur. To put him down, who were the Samaritans? They were half Jews, half Assyrians. And so the only real reason why Jews didn't like Samaritans culturally is because they weren't full-blooded Jews. In fact, they were only half-bred Jews. And so by calling him a Samaritan, they knew that wasn't true. But that was a racial slight, a slur against them. And they say, thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil. You're a Samaritan and you're possessed with a devil. Look at 52. Then said the Jews unto him, now we know that thou hast 
A devil. Abraham is dead. And the prophets and thou sayest of a man keep by sayings, he shall never taste of death. And I just want to remind all of us here tonight that if you're going to stand on truth and you're going to live truth and you're going to proclaim truth, some people are not going to understand anything that you're saying. They have no interest, and you know what? Their mind is so dull that they hear something else, and they're looking somewhere else, and and, and they just really don't care what you have to say. That's just how it is. You can't let that bother you. You understand that's part of it. And then other people are going to come after you. They very well may call you names. They very well may put you down. They may very well accuse you of having a devil. Hey, do we not live in a culture that takes traditional Christian social stances and labels them as being part of a hate group? A hate group today? If you just take a stand on what's been stood on uh, culturally uh, for thousands of years now, if you take a stand in those places, you're looked upon as being hateful. And uh, they said of Jesus, who's just standing there declaring the truth of who He was, they said, Thou hast a devil. I'm just going to say this before we move into number three. Christians need to get some thicker skin. Amen? Don't get your feelings hurt so easy. Alright? I'm amazed at how easy some people get their feelings hurt. We talked about reconciliation this morning in the sermon and going and reconciling yourself to someone whom you have offended. And I wholeheartedly believed everything I preached this morning. But can I just say that some people get offended way too easy. Oh, they wear their feelings on their sleeve. I was kind of making fun of in the 1030 service this morning about people who park in your parking spot and sit in your pew and don't say hi to you when they pass you uh, in the church. He didn't shake my hand. You say people don't complain over that stuff. Oh, you got, you got about an hour? I can tell you lots and lots of stories of people who've been offended because I didn't shake their hand or I didn't say hi. Listen, we have to quit being offended so easy. There's going to come a day, Christian, that if you can't take a little bit of criticism, you know what you're going to do? You're going to curl up in a ball and you're going to melt away. Because the criticism toward Christianity is coming hot and heavy. And if you're going to stand on truth, you're not going to be popular with everybody. Don't fall in love with being popular. Be willing to be unpopular. You know, sometimes to be popular does, uh, means that you've got to be uh, wrong. And sometimes to take a stand against what's popular means that you've got to do that to be right. And uh, listen, uh, uh, how many of you here ever told your kids or had your parents tell you, if everybody else jumped off a bridge, would you? I think that we got so tired of hearing that, we just quit repeating that to our kids. In fact, I don't even hear that one much anymore. How many of you heard that from your parents growing up? Right? You know what I'm talking about. Would you jump off a bridge? And uh, listen, Christian, you may be the only one in your community, uh, when you leave this church, you may be the only one that isn't jumping off the, the crazy bridge. Be willing to take a stand for what's right. And get some thick skin. And quit getting offended over every little thing everybody says or does your direction. Christ, they attacked Him, and He stayed intellectually true to himself, he stayed right on point, and at the end, they were far more offended uh, than he ever was. Christ to fame. Number three, we see Christ's declaration. Christ's declarations. So let's look at all of 
how Christ countered these Pharisees. And if you notice, of the three up here speaking, um, uh, Brother Daniel, who was representing uh, the Lord Jesus, uh, did far more speaking than the narrator or the Pharisees. The Pharisees would ask a question or make a statement, and Jesus would just own them. Now, I think part of the reason why the Pharisees were content to ask an open-ended question and leave it there, is that, honestly, if most people just open their mouth and talk, they're going to hang their own neck. They're going to, they're going to end up sentencing their own selves by saying something contradictory or uh, uh, stating some sort of intellectual double standard or even a personal lifestyle double standard. And so they were content to ask him open-ended questions and then just let him run with the line, thinking that somewhere they would catch him in his words. But Jesus is God, and you were never going to catch him in his words. He spoke the world into existence by his very word. In fact, we know that Jesus is the word. And so uh, if anyone could speak and not get caught up in a double standard, in their language, it is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, let's look at the declarations Jesus makes throughout this passage. Again, look at verse number 12 of uh, chapter 8. Jesus comes into the treasury here, and He says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth Me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. The older I get, and the more mature in Christ I seek to be, the less fascinated with the world I am. I don't have time to sit around and watch America's Got Talent. I don't have any interest in what's on Netflix. I just don't. Now, I've got a long ways to grow. I've not arrived but I've been saved well in excess of 35 years now. I just don't have any interest in those things of the world. Uh, I want my time to be devoted to walking in the light. Walking in the light. And I don't want to walk in darkness. I don't want to be fascinated by darkness. The reality is right now, I could not name for you a top ten hit song I don't know who the art. I barely know some names of artists. I, I, you know, you live in the world. I'm not. Of, we're not of the world. We live in the world. You, you can't help but know a couple of names here or there. But I couldn't tell you very much about who they are. I, look, Christian, you shouldn't have any interest in those things. You know what you should have an interest in? The Word of God. Amen. I I know how some people are just in love with a sports team. And I know that I'm not preaching to the largest sports audience here. But I think we've all seen the sports fanatics. I mean, uh, it's 10 below zero down at the Giant Stadium. And you got 300-pound guy shirtless with his chest painted blue, right? And uh, he's, he's screaming for the New York Giants, right? And I guarantee you, for that guy, if there was a little camera that was stuck up in the Giants locker room where he could just kind of watch the behind-the-scenes stuff, he wouldn't care about the quality of the camera feed. He wouldn't care about the clarity of the audio feed. He'd just be all in on getting all he could because his life hangs on the New York Giants football team. And Christian, you ought to get to a place where everything doesn't have to be just polished and perfect 
for you to love the Lord. It ought to be that you're so in love with the light of the world that you just cannot get enough. And give me the verse of the day uh, app on my phone. I, I want the verse of the day popping up on my phone. And, and give me the audio Bible to listen to in my car while I'm out running errands. And uh, uh, give me uh, uh, 13 different uh, uh, versions of the King James, not versions of the King James, but King James Bible with all the cross-references, all the different styles of cross-references. And, 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 and give me devotionals and give me preaching material. I want to soak it all in because He is the light of the world. Jesus said, if you walk in that light, you will not walk in darkness. You'll have the light of life. We see uh, the next declaration here is found in verses 13 to 18. Jesus says, the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Look at verse 13. The Pharisees therefore said unto them, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Jesus didn't ignore them. He heard their accusation, he heard their defamation, and he went right at them. Verse 14, Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true, for I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I came and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh? Jesus said, I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am the Father that sent me. It is also written in your law, this would be the Talmud, that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. By the way, if you're looking, looking for a complex unity, three persons, one being of the Trinity, Jesus speaks of himself and the Father as two separate beings, yet here in one verse, he says, uh, I am my Father, bear witness of myself. And so, Jesus is saying here in this passage, the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. Do you remember, do you remember when uh, Jesus was uh, baptized and uh, the Spirit of God descended out of heaven like a dove? And what did the Father in heaven say? He said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. Jesus had the endorsement of His Father. I think there's something just so precious, just so precious about this. You know, um, my dad grew up in the old school where you didn't just hand out compliments for the sake of handing out compliments. How many of you know the generation of which I speak? All right? Uh, he, um, if, you, if, if, my, if my dad gives you a compliment... It is well earned, and he means every word of it. And so, uh, I remember the first time my dad ever complimented my preaching. Oh, it meant so much to me. The other day, I got a text message from my mom, and she had uh, copied and pasted the text uh, that she had gotten from my dad, and he had said, you need to tune in and listen to Richard's Sunday evening sermon. Wow, what a great message. Can I tell you what that did for my heart? It filled me with a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment because I had pleased my earthly father. And Jesus, Jesus says here, He says, I'm seeking to please my heavenly Father. I'm not here living my life for me. It's not my will I'm seeking to accomplish. It's my heavenly Father's will 
that I'm down here seeking to accomplish, He bears witness of me. I don't care if I have your approval, religious sect. I have the Heavenly Father's approval. Let's see the next declaration he makes here. In verses 19 to 24, he says, I am from above, ye are of this world. Look at verse 19. Then said they unto him, Where is thy father? Jesus answered, Ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, you should, know, you should have known my father also. And just a quick note on that right there. Hey, let's say you had never met me. You didn't know anything about me. And um, you meet my son, Matthew. And Matthew's 14 years old. Matthew likes the same sports teams I do. And Matthew thinks a lot of the same ways I think. And let's say you got Matthew in the car and you took him for a long ride. You took him out to eat. You spent a couple of days with him. And then after you've spent time with Matthew, you spent some time with me. You know what you'd say? You'd say, yep, he's definitely your boy. (laughs) He's a lot like you. He reminds me a lot of you. Some of his mannerisms, the way he thinks, the way he talks, uh, uh, his interests very much are in line with yours. And you know what Jesus is saying here? I and my Father are in such great line with each other. If you know me, you know the Father. If you know the Father, you know me. Because we are in line with each other. Now, me and Matthew have some differences of opinions. He's wrong, I'm right. One day he'll get that figured out, amen? He's a young man, he's still learning his way. Uh, But um, one day he'll get those things straightened out. But you know what? Jesus and God, there was no difference of opinion. They're right in line with each other. Right in line with each other. Look back with me at verse number 20. Uh, These words spake Jesus in the treasury. Here's how we know he's in the treasury. As he taught in the temple and no man laid hands on him for his hour was not yet come. There was a divine restraint being put on these people. They were not able to grab him and arrest him and kill him. Later in the passage, they're going to try to stone him and he's just going to walk right through the midst of them and they're in some ways paralyzed for that moment and can't touch him. 21, then said Jesus uh, again unto them, I go my way and ye shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, um, ye cannot come. Then said the Jews, Will he kill himself? Because he saith, Whither I go, ye cannot come. And he saith unto them, Ye ye are from beneath, I am from above, ye are of this world, I am not of this world. I said therefore unto you, that ye shall die in your sins. Now notice here that this is not a sealed statement. They don't have to die in their sins. He just happens to know that they will die in their sins. Why? They're not making the active choice to believe. Look at the rest of the verse. For if ye believe not that I am He, ye shall die in your sins. He's saying here, by your choice, your obstinance, your stubbornness, your refusal to believe, you're going to go right back to the place you're from. I'm from above, you're from beneath, and that's where you're going to end up because you won't believe in me. Hear me loud and clear. The only way for you to be have the condemnation lifted off of your soul so that you can go to heaven and be with the Lord is to believe in Jesus for salvation. There is no other way. There is no other way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by our Lord and Savior, 
Jesus Christ. He said, I am from above, ye are of this world. Do you remember the day that you went from being of this world to being from above because you believed in Jesus Christ alone for salvation? If you don't remember that date, let me encourage you to put, or that day, in that time, let me encourage you to put your faith and trust in Jesus alone so He can save you. The next declaration we see that Jesus makes here in this passage, He says, I am the Son of Man lifted up. Now, this is not a direct quote, but this is the idea of what's being said here. Look at verse number 25. Then said Jesus unto them, uh, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. Hey, guys, I've been telling you all along. You're not listening. 26. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye, when ye have lifted up the Son of Man, here he is speaking by his, his method of death, speaking of being lifted up on a cross. When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that uh, I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. He said, I am the Son of Man lifted up. He's telling them that I'm going to be lifted up on a cross. Now, the prophetic implications here, we know this Son of Man prophecy to be something of which Daniel and Ezekiel spoke of in the Old Testament. And uh, the Son of Man, the Son of Man, the Son of Man. And Jesus said, I am the Son of Man that will be lifted up on a cross and I will suffer for the sins of the world. And that's exactly why He came. But He made it clear to them, you're going to be the ones that put Me up there. The next declaration we see here is that if the Son make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Uh, 30 to 38 is probably my favorite part of this chapter. Look at verse 30. And he spake these words which believed on him. Then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This is fascinating. The Jews is another word to describe the Pharisaical leaders or, or the, the religious leaders. And so that word Jews can mean different things depending on the context here. That's what it implies. And as you study the life of Jesus, especially the book of John, you get into John chapter 11, you find this same thing and where it says many of the Jews believed on him at the resurrection of Lazarus. Here you have a group of a people institutionally who are standing together in Judaism and leading the nation of Israel into ceremonialism. And they're not saved because they've lost the whole purpose of what those ceremonies and rituals were supposed to do. The arrows that point to the cross. And so they're lost in that. And Jesus is over here. He's pounding away at the Pharisaical group with truth after truth after truth. And slowly but surely, some of the Jews who were part of this group begin to affect and come over and believe in Jesus. And here you have a handful of Pharisees right in the middle of this verbal spar who decide, you know what, this is no longer what I believe. I believe in Jesus. He is light. He is truth. And Jesus looks at these folks 
who join his side. Look back at verse 30 again. And he spake these, and as he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, if ye continue my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Do you know that you can be saved? This is going to throw a lot of people for a loop. In fact, every time I make a statement like this, I've got to answer a question or two after the service. Did you know that you can be saved and not be a disciple of Christ? What? See, to be a disciple of Christ is a commitment you make after you get saved to wholeheartedly follow the Lord and His teachings. A lot of people put their faith and trust in Christ to save them, but they still want to live their life their way and not follow the Lord. Jesus said to be his disciple that you have to deny yourself and to take up your cross and follow him. And a whole lot of people have prayed a prayer to be saved and they meant that prayer with their heart. They believed on Jesus for salvation. But they're not living like a disciple of the Lord. They're living this life for themselves. Think about the disciples who departed in John chapter 6 and were no more. Think about many along the way who have fallen off and quit loving this present world. Jesus said this to those that had believed. He said, you need to remain in truth to be my disciple. Truth shall make you free. Now, I've met a lot of people who deal with a lot of addiction and a lot of struggle. I myself have battled some habit sins in my life and some struggle. Do you know how you get out of those things? You have to walk in truth. You have to deal with error and lies in your life and heart. You have to address them head on. I talked to a man yesterday while I was out uh, soul winning. And the man told me, he said, please pray for me. I'm battling with addiction. And I looked at him and I said, do you really want victory over addiction? And he looked at me and he said, I sure do. I'm weary and tired of my addiction. I said, I'm going to give you three things to do to help you with your addiction. I said, the very first thing you need to do is you need to cut off all of the avenues that make it convenient for you to get back to it. The second thing you need to do is you need to be accountable to a skin face. You need to find a human being who will look at you in the eye and say, Are you right? Are you doing right? And the third thing you need to do is connect yourself deeply into a body of Christ that help walk you through that process. You can't battle that alone. You have to walk in truth. You have to walk in the light. Look at verse 33. They answered him, We be of Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth uh, uh, ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free Indeed, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I spake that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. Those are some strong words. Jesus is saying to them, if you want to be free, the Son is the only one that can make you free. And I'll just say this too, if you've not yet put your faith and trust in Christ, 
your hope to get through a struggle uh, where you're in bondage to sin. Listen, Jesus is the only one who has the power to fully set you free from sin. And you need to believe in Christ alone. All right, next statement here. Notice, Father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. Look at verse number 50. Look at verse number 50. And uh, we're going to skip a section of this, but uh, go back and look at that in your own time. Verse number 50. And I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. They just accused him of being a Samaritan that has a devil. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my sayings, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my sayings, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? Uh, Jesus answered, If I honor myself... Uh, let's see here. If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that He is your God. Okay, I jumped into the wrong spot here. I was supposed to jump in in 52. Let's keep reading down through verse number uh, 56 here. Uh, Yet ye uh, have not known me, verse 55, but I know him. And if I say, if I should say I know him not, I should be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. What is Jesus saying here when he says, Father Abraham rejoiced to see my day? You know what Jesus is saying? He's saying, I am eternal. That's what he's saying. He's like, me and Abraham have a one-on-one personal relationship, man. I know him and he knows me. And you know what? He was excited when he saw my day. They're looking at him like he's crazy. Who is Jesus? You know, another title I could have given this message this evening is a, uh, a book or at least a thought within a book that's been running around for a while. And uh, it's this. Is Jesus Lord? Is He a liar? Or is He a lunatic? Because there are no other options. Either Jesus was a crazy man, or Jesus was a liar, or Jesus was exactly who He claimed to be, and He claimed to be the Lord of all. He said, I was around, and I know Abraham, and Abraham knows me. And then the statement that was the absolute stinger that caused them to pick up stones and try to kill him, maybe even the same stones they were going to use to kill this woman, is found in verses 57 through 59. Here's the statement, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Look at verse 57. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus saith unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is claiming to be the Jehovah God in the burning bush way back with Moses in the book of Exodus. You know, the statement, I am, is fascinating. Not I was or I will be, but I am. I am now, I always have been, I always will be. Look at verse 59. Then took they up stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. He walked straight through the middle of them, just as Moses parted the Red Sea. Jesus declared himself to be truth. My admonition to you this evening out of this chapter is very simple. I don't believe I'm speaking to a group of people 
who would line up with the Pharisees. I think everyone here tonight would be lined up behind Jesus. My admonition to you is in, in this is simple. Walk in the light. Walk in the light. There's so much darkness out there. Don't walk in the darkness. Live your whole life out in the light. Make sure that you're accountable to somebody. If you're married in here tonight, I'm going to speak to both groups, single and married. But if you're married in here tonight, be accountable to your spouse. There is no app on your phone they shouldn't be able to go through. There is no time where they shouldn't be able to pick up your phone and just go through it whenever they want. If you have uh, the ability to share your location, share your location with your spouse so they know where you're at. Be accountable. If you're here tonight and you're single, find somebody and on some level be accountable to a friend or a loved one or a parent. Find someone to be accountable to. Walk in the light. You know what I am? I am what you are. I am made of flesh, and I am weak, and I am frail, and Satan has picked off people far more polished and put together and godly than me. Many, many, many men, many, many pastors, many men who know the Bible much better than I do are hanging on, uh, proverbially hanging on a wall somewhere as a trophy of the devil because Satan got them. And I am no better than they are. You know what I have to do every day? I have to get up and I have to remember who I am and I have to deal with the shadows in my life and shine the light of gospel truth and I have to walk in the light or I will end up falling and failing and landing flat on my face. And that's true for you too. Oh, may God help us to follow the light of the world and not walk in lies and not walk in error. Who is Jesus? Well, Jesus is the Son of God. He's the eternal Word from the beginning. Jesus always has been and always will be. Jesus is my Savior and I hope He's yours. But don't just let Him be the Savior of your soul. Let Him be the guide your day-to-day through your life. Amen? Let's bow our head and close our eyes for prayer.